On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those itches, that's going to make a fucking difference between winning and losing. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Day. Today is April 4th, 2019, 8.23 p.m. We're not in a tin can today. Yeah, somebody needs to fire the audio guy. <laughs> that was horrible. Not a whole lot of news going on in Bucks world, but we got a few things to cover. First, we want to get to our fact checks and follow-ups. Follow-up number one. We were talking about Ricky Williams and wondering what he is up to. I had said that he was a coaching somewhere, but that was incorrect. Ricky Williams is currently a football analyst for ESPN's Longhorn Network. On February 20th, 2006, the National Football League announced that Williams had violated the NFL drug policy for a fourth time. I think he holds the record for that. Not sure. Hillman. No, I think Josh Gordon has to have that one. Hillman and Josh Gordon are fighting that one out. They're going to be in the Weed Hall of Fame. I mean, Josh Gordon isn't done yet, right? Yeah, he's pretty much done. Yeah, I think after you screw over the Patriots, <laughs> if Bill Belichick can't straighten you out, yeah. nobody will. Yeah, on April 25th, 2006, Williams was suspended for the entire 2006 season. On May 28th, 2006, Williams became the highest paid running back in the Canadian Football League when he signed a one-year contract for $340,000 with the Argonauts. With the Argonauts signing Williams, this prompted outgoing CFL Commissioner Tom Wright in his final State of the League address to introduce a new rule that would come into effect before the start of the 2007 CFL season, which would prevent a player under suspension in the NFL from signing with a CFL club. Now, that rule has been informally dubbed the Ricky Williams rule. That's messed up. Yeah, well, you know. They didn't want him there. They figured if uh, you're suspended from the NFL, you shouldn't be in the CFL, I guess. I don't know. I wonder if the the NFL has the same thing. If you're suspended from the CFL... Can you play in the NFL? Call in Johnny Manziel. <laughs> now, on July 22nd, 2006, Williams suffered a broken bone in his left arm during a game against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in Regina, Saskatchewan. He underwent surgery on July 23rd to repair the broken bone. Shortly after injuring his arms, Williams suffered yet another injury after a door at the Argonauts practice facility swung behind him and clipped the running back on his left Achilles tendon requiring 16 stitches to close the gash. I don't even know what to say to that. Why is there a door that These fact checks and follow-ups are so fun to do because I learned so much about what's going on with these guys. What was that door made of? (laughs) Or does he just have, like, paper Defensive lineman. I guess. Good Lord. Uh, Williams returned to the Miami Dolphins in 2007 and actually played there until 2010. Uh, In 2011, he signed a two-year contract with the Ravens but retired a year later. Here's some interesting tidbits about Williams. Like, that wasn't interesting. Yeah, there's more. (laughs) Interesting young fellow. Williams is a qualified yoga instructor. Okay, that makes sense. I can see that. Yeah, he's really big into the holistic medicines and stuff. Oh, is that what they used to heal his severed Achilles? (laughs) Some crystals? Yeah, how'd that work out for you? Maybe a little bit of oil. Uh, he's, He's such a big yoga fan that he actually joined the CFL Argonauts for the opportunity to teach free yoga lessons at a local Toronto yoga facility. That's what he said. It's been reported that Williams uses Prantic Healing, no-touch energy healing system, (laughs) to recover from injuries. They obviously touched him with those 16 stitches, though. (laughs) In 2009, Williams enrolled at Acupuncture and Massage College in Miami, Florida. Woo, go Florida. 
Uh, he studied massage therapy and Japanese shiatsu. In 2018, Williams co-founded an herbal wellness company with his wife, Linnea Moran. The place is named Real Wellness. Is it still open? I have no idea. I would imagine. I mean, they opened in 2018. I can't imagine them closing that quick. He's probably still got a little bit of NFL money left. He hasn't smoked it all up. In January 13th, 2019, it was announced Williams would be a house guest in the second American season of the reality show competition, Celebrity Big Brother. Williams finished as the season's runner-up, losing to Tamar Braxton. What a life. That's quite a life How 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 the mighty have fallen, man. You know, it was such a big deal when the Saints gave up all their draft picks to to move up and get Ricky Williams. And, oh, Dicka, Dicka. He was so happy. He was like, this is it. This is the deal. And that guy was so weird. He would give interviews with his helmet on. He, he wouldn't take his helmet off to give interviews. He's, he claims he's got some type of shyness disorder or something, so social anxiety or whatever. Well, now he manages it with yoga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yoga and tantric healing and shiatsu. Isn't that a dog? That's a shih tzu. <laughs> yes, shih tzu. Shih tzu. We got to be careful how you say that word. Fact check. We talked about Chris Long and Bo Allen climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Uh, it's Chris Long's foundation called the Water Boys. I had said it was founded in 2013. That's incorrect. It was founded in 2015. Okay. Yeah. In case anybody cares. <laughs> There's that one dude that would have pointed that out. Yeah, right. He'd be, he'd be on like Celebrity Jeopardy or something, get it wrong and cuss me out. <laughs> Follow up. The rain delay game against Denver was in October 2016. Shaquille Barrett did not play in that game. Oh, he did play in that game. However, he was not a starter. He actually recorded a half a sack, three solo tackles, three assists, one tackle for a loss, and one quarterback hit. And one pass defense. Wow. Not bad for a guy that didn't start. He must have had help around him. You think? (laughs) I think Von Miller might have contributed a little bit because Jameis Winston was sacked five times during that game. Wow. Yeah, we lost 27-7. The rain delay happened with 6 minutes, 52 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter, and it lasted 86 minutes, about an hour and a half. I remember that, but, man, I could have swore we were, like, close in that game. So that just prolonged our misery, really. We were probably losing at that point. You know, I think we were coming back is what it was. But I remember we had momentum, and the rain delay just totally killed us. That was our excuse, anyhow. Yeah, let's go with that. I'm (laughs) good with that. Follow-up. Molly asked, did Will Golston have a weight fluctuation issue? The answer to that seems to be yes. He weighed in at 281 at the 2013 Combine. In 2017, he got up over 300 pounds, causing Cutter and the team to convince him to lose weight. Then he got down to around 280 for the 2018 season, and it appears he's now back up to around 300. Huh. So what? Was, I forget what Arian said. Did he say Golston might, if they put weight on him, or if he loses some weight? I can't remember. I can't remember either. Should listen to our podcast. Yeah, we should pay attention to our podcast. Another follow-up. We were talking about Chris Conte asking if he had signed with anybody else and everything. He is a free agent, but this is interesting. He hasn't signed with anybody, but he did represent the Buccaneers at the Tampa Movement Lab on March 2nd for the first 21 and change champions for Change Challenge. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, 21 and Change is a nonprofit that focuses on children with Down syndrome and other developmental disabilities. So it's pretty neat that he went there and represented the Buccaneers when he had, wasn't even signed with them. Maybe he's going to retire a Buccaneer. I don't know if the fans would like that. I, th- I really dislike how the fans just dumped on Chris Conte. He was a good safety. Yeah, I liked him. Yes. He w- he did make mistakes. He wasn't, he wasn't John Lynch, yeah. But. No, but 
Nobody, nobody. I, I think he was consistent. I think he got a lot of blame when the rest of the defense was bad, too. It wasn't all on him, but people like to point at him. Yeah, well, you would see uh, receivers wide open. They catch the ball, and then you see Conte near him. Yeah. And, he, and it made everybody think that Chris Conte was the reason why the guy was open. Nine times out of ten, it wasn't his fault. Right. Matter of fact, I rarely, when I was charting all the plays, rarely saw Chris Conte make a mistake. So there's that. Yeah. Well, it's not like it's gotten better since he's left for not been playing. Well, yeah, that's true. So, it's not all on him. No, he was not the reason we had such a horrible, horrible defense. Right. <laughs> Bad few years. Especially the first, what, five, six games of 2018? Oh, yeah. man, were they atrocious. A lot of that has to do with Mike Smith, though. Right. Who was it? Steve Isbitz, one of the Joes, pointed out that our defense did get better when Quan Alexander got hurt. But I would have to say it was more because Mike Smith was gone. Right. Yeah, he does like to point that out. Yeah, he does. I've heard it on a couple podcasts, but it's not necessarily causation. It's more correlation. Right, yes. Uh, I tweeted out that uh, Lindsey P., formerly Lindsey Bell, had done a behind-the-scenes for the Buccaneers Cheerleaders audition. If you get a chance, go check it out. It's pretty good. She used to do vlogging and she always held the camera up and it was always her face it's all you ever see she does the same thing she did it last year too when she did the behind the scenes yeah i watched her walking through there was like a line of their prospective cheerleaders and she's walking down the line giving all of them a high five it's like you can see like her chin down and like the chin down of everyone she's walking by. Like, she's not even yeah. getting them. She probably did that because she'd have to get them all to sign release forms. But then again, they probably all had to sign release forms anyhow. Yeah, probably. When they, they got in there. Yeah. Their image for marketing and everything. Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty decent. You, know, you get to meet some of the new prospective cheerleaders. And uh, she did talk to one of the male tryout guys. He didn't make it. But then again, like I said, uh, Laurent, Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. Lorenzo is a finalist. And the cheerleaders' final audition showcase is on April 6th from 12.30 p.m. I know we talked about this previously in the podcast, but i just like to remind everybody. It's at the Advent Health Training Facility at One Buccaneer Place. So you can park in the public lot 14. It is open and free to the public. Go there and support the girls and guys now. <laughs> Did you see on Twitter Joe Bucks fan and I think it was Roy Cummings? Yeah. Yeah, they were getting into it on Twitter. Uh, Joe Bucks fan and wrote an article and then tweeted that the Bucks were shopping GMC hard. And Roy Cummings, I, I don't know what Roy Cummings' problem was. He just, like, pooped all over their tweet. And, and basically claimed they were making a mountain out of a molehill and then, or that they were making stuff up. Uh, well, I think it was more semantics. Like, were the Joes saying they were shopping him hard? Yeah. Were they saying they were shopping GMC hard or was it hard to shop? GMC, like yeah. it was, it, it was. Too, I I think it was a semantics thing. I think that Roy. Well, I think that Roy took it as he sh- they're shopping McCoy hard, but then what Joe Buck fan was saying is that it was hard to shop McCoy. I think that's what it was. It might be the other way. In any case, I don't know. I love those cat fights though. I think really, they're funny. I really, really do like the media competing with each other. I, you know, I don't like when they're all chummy and friends and all that good stuff. I mean, it's like it's okay, but I like them to be at each other's throats. So you way, like a good Jerry Springer episode. I, do, I like everybody competing. <laughs> if it was up to me, nurses would compete. <laughs> you just love... I want to draw his blood. I want to draw his blood. Fighting in the hallways. You just love conflict. I do. Hey, it sharpens a stone, man. No, it sharpens a knife. A stone sharpens a knife. Something like that. My point <laughs> is... 
<laughs> Conflict is good. Oh, Wester, the uh, Bucks ex-tackle backup, he signed with Jacksonville. I know. That's where George Warhop is now. Yes, our ex-offensive line coach, who absolutely blew chunks. was horrible. He is now at Jacksonville. Good for them. He can suck there for a while. <laughs> and Wester's joined back up with him, so there goes Wester's career. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll probably get somebody in the draft. Lyman? my thought. Yeah, maybe in the later rounds. Just some depth. Going to have to, because you figure our line was not very good last year. I mean, Marpet had his worst year. Donovan was, well, Donovan. Donovan. Uh, Dotson. Showed up. Yeah, he showed up. I mean, you know, he played decent, but, you know, he was playing through injuries and stuff. And then we had. Beninock. Beninock and. Jensen. Jensen, which Jensen did all right. He just, he just never really impressed me that much. So, you know, we, our offensive line just was not that great. And guess what we had this year? The same offensive line. Exactly the same. I know. Except richer. And now we're talking about, oh, we got to get our run game going. They couldn't get it going last year. No, they haven't been able to get it going the past three years. Right. I think the last one was Doug Martin. But hopefully, and, and I, I do believe this is a large part of the problem, was the offensive line coach. You think so? Yes. I did not like the way he had these guys playing. Way too much movement on the offensive line. And, you know, he had... These guys going out and blocking in space. Yeah, and, that happened a lot. And they were so bad at blocking. Oh, my gosh. They, they're horrible at blocking in space. I, I cannot count how many times these guys would whiff blocking linebackers, quarterbacks, safeties. Well, most of them, it didn't look like they wanted a block. It's like Donovan Smith. You get Donovan Smith out of there. He don't want to be out there anyway. <laughs> and then go have a block somebody. Have to like, run out. Run out and get a block. Yes. Mm, ain't happening. Yeah. Hopefully we won't see a whole lot of that. It, it, it was just way too much movement. It was too much of a complex system for the offensive line, I thought. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of a lot of movement with the offensive line. You know, every now and then it's fine, but we just did it too much. You know, we 40% of our plays were pulling and screens with the offensive linemen running. You know, it just just too much. I think as a whole, the team was terrible with blocking. That's probably where we were yes. worst. Yes. They did not blocking and tackling did not seem to be a priority with the team. They were just everybody was just the coaches just seemed to be totally focused on their schemes. Yeah, I think so too. And they were complex. Now we're going to the other extreme with Bruce Arians who he's hyper focused on the players. How do the players fit? What, how can we use the players? Yes, yeah, so, uh, Molly and I are reading Bill Arians, Bruce Arians. Bill Arians. Bill Arians. <laughs> Bruce Belichick's <laughs> Bruce Arians book, The Quarterback Whisperer. Uh, Molly is ahead of me on that. I have not got the book yet. You know, don't be misleading. I'm only like 20 pages in. Well, there's 20 pages <laughs> ahead of me. I know, but see, the problem is that I have to have a physical book. And... Now I want to take notes, and it's a total pain. Yeah. I, I got to take out my phone, open Google Docs, type it all out. Ralph has a tablet that does all this. I have been trying to talk her into this for years. Cause I can't read a regular book anymore because I take so many notes. Well, you read nonfiction. I right. like fiction. There's no note-taking yeah, required. This is true. So, but yeah, I can see your point. I can mm. see the, yeah, you just, the plus sides of it. You just click on it, highlight it, boom, done. But it's like I started reading it, and it's like immediately I'm like, ooh, how does this oh, apply to the books? She was so excited. She was like reading me passages. She's got 20 pages into it. She's probably got 30 pages of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have some material for the website. I'm going to I'm gonna write some yeah. about it. And, and we're going to do a podcast covering everything. 
some interesting stuff she's pointed out. I'm excited to get it, dive into it. Found out today that Trent Dilfer, our old ex-quarterback, the one that we got rid of and sent him to Baltimore and he freaking won a Super Bowl with him, seems to be our ill-no. Uh, he will be announcing the Bucks' second-round pick at the draft. I know. And then, did you know Dexter Jackson is going to do the third round? Yes, he was our Super Bowl MVP. There's a guy who had his 15 minutes of fame right there. They got well, you, all these players on the Buccaneers on that defense that were just super elite. You know, Derek Brooks, Simeon Rice, Warren Sapp, Rondé Barber, uh, John Lynch, and Dexter Jackson gets the MVP. <laughs> we were all just like, really? But, I mean, he, he had a good game. He had interceptions. And... You know what, though? As an NFL player, you want your best game ever to be the time the that yeah. your team won the Super Bowl. Yes, because right after that, he got paid big money, free agency, and went basically did nothing for the rest of his <laughs> career. He'll always have that one moment, though. Oh, heck yeah. You know what? I would have that playing. I would have, like, a tablet on my chest with sound, big speakers, and I would be playing that constantly, no matter where I went, so that everybody could. I'd have it facing out. It'll like be like, a big clock, like like, <laughs> like flame of flame, flame with his big. Yeah, man, I, I just want to be proud of it. If you come to my house, first thing you're gonna do is sit down and watch my Super Bowl highlights from my MVP as I show you my ring. Yeah, he probably has no friends. No friends at all. <laughs> I, I wouldn't if I was like that. I'm sure. Yeah, that's not true because you got money. Everybody's your friend. That's true. I know somebody who knows a former NFL player. They're like acquaintances. And she said he talks about it every time she sees him. <laughs> about the NFL or that he yeah, was Yeah, that he was in the NFL. It was a very brief period. I, and he might have played with, like, the Bears or something. And she w- said it's every time he's got to, like, throw it in a conversation somehow. I would imagine that it's got to be depressing, but then... I don't know. It's kind of like winning the lottery and then losing all your money within a you know three or four year period. I mean, that's really what it is. These guys win the lottery by getting in the NFL because you know. I mean, you could say they they're elite athletes and all that, which they are. But there's plenty of elite athletes out there. They just happen to be able to make it through the gauntlet. You know, not get injured, career injuries and stuff like that. They get into the NFL and then normally, what's the average? Like three years, they're out of the NFL. That's the greatest thing they're ever going to do in their life, probably. So Almost as bad as the people that like peak in high school. Or vegans. You know how you can uh, tell a vegan? How? Yeah, how you can tell somebody's vegan? Because they tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. But I, I mean, like, with when you peak in high school, it's like, it's never going to get better than that. Like, the best time of your life. Yes. Yeah, I went, to, I went to a high school, went to a high school reunion, and... The guy that was the most popular guy in high school was, he was like pot-bellied, balding, and he, he worked at like a uh, garage as a mechanic or something. Just He never did much of anything after that, but he, he, he went to that high school reunion and he was king for a night. It was really wild watching him. He was just like, well, I mean, there's pictures of him like taking his clothes off because he was a crazy guy. Oh my yeah, gosh. he was on the dance floor naked and all kinds <laughs> of stuff because that was him in high school. And so... You know, there was this chance to shine again. Sad. Yeah. But, you know, the thing about the NFL players, everybody talks about the CTE and concussions, neurological problems and all that. Uh, there's been surveys done with you know, ex-NFL players, and they are much happier and healthier than the average person. So which ones are they surveying, though? Are they- oh, this is the same ones that they got the CTE survey from. 
Right, but are they surveying the uber-successful NFL players, or are they surveying the ones who were in it two or three years and then never did anything? Well, they surveyed, I think it was 2,800 or 3,500. I can't remember exactly. And they, from what I understood, they just took uh, uh, as many as they could. They didn't get the ones that were extremely successful in the NFL. They just took anybody. I think there was a minimum they had to play two years or something of that nature. I, I don't remember. That's a follow-up. Thank you, Molly. More research for Ralph. But, yeah, that really surprised me to find out that they were happier and healthier than the average person their age. You would think they would be less healthy, you know, with all their skeleton problems. Right. Skeletal problems. But, no. And they they were much happier. And it was by quite a bit. It was like double digits. I wonder if that is, again, correlation not causation like maybe it's that they're more financially secure because that would explain both of those the vast majority of them were religious and i think that has a lot to do with it too maybe the draft is coming up i don't know if you knew that did you know that (laughs) what there's a draft there's a draft where we get young players (laughs) and defensive tackle from houston ed oliver visited with the bucks yesterday and the Bucks sent Todd Bowles to his pro day over at the University of Houston. Mm-hmm. There was a defensive tackle there, Nick Thurman, that he went to the University of Houston, graduated. He went undrafted. The Houston Texans picked him up last season, kept him through the preseason, then dropped him. Well, Todd Bowles saw him, and he's now our new defensive tackle. Oh. We signed him. Yeah, good deal. Yeah. So got some depth there. Yeah, and so he'd be. That, do, that does not bode well for Gerald McCoy, does it? I don't know. Not saying the guys going to take Gerald McCoy's place, right? But if that's if they're looking for depth there. Yeah, we've already got Rich, Bo Allen, Ledbetter, Raheem Nunez, Roches. Yeah, Roches. Nacho. Nacho. Um, Golston. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> I think, but Bo Allen, I think, is going to play nose tackle behind Vita Vea. Really? I would imagine. I don't know. I don't know. I can't see him playing defensive end or whatever. Anyhow, anywho. Yeah, so uh, we signed a new defensive tackle. New today. defensive tackle, yep. So we lost an offensive lineman, Wester. Leonard Wester, but we gained a defensive tackle. I, I just like that, that they go to this pro day for another player and... <laughs> Well, I don't know how the pro days work. Is it just like the university will host one and a bunch of players can come out? And then, but, you know, one might be featured like an Ed Oliver. Or I would imagine. Point. Yeah. That's what so it maybe that's like. how it works. Mm-hmm. But I like that. And this is Bruce Arians' MO is he likes the diamonds in the rough. He likes finding guys like that. Which that, is cool. Yeah, which is really cool. So I'm excited about this. Every time they bring somebody in, I'm like, ooh, what's he got that they see? Yeah, but this guy's never taken an NFL snap, so. He played in the preseason, right? That don't count. He's got as much preseason experience as Ryan Griffin, probably. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how much we uh, signed him for. I guess that'll come out later. Yeah, I don't know. It just happened a few hours ago, so Mm -hmm. they don't normally release the details right away. Interesting. I tell you what, I'm excited for this season. This is the most excited I've been in a long time for the Buccaneers. And that's saying something because I'm always excited about <laughs> the Buccaneers season. Ralph like hibernates between January and August. Yes. Yeah, I start waking up when Hard Knocks comes on. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind the of start our, of the season. Yeah. 
And then that leads right up to um, training camp. Or that's through training camp. That's leads, training. leads right up to preseason. It's all the way through preseason. It is all the way through. Yes. Yes. I sleep through Hard Knocks, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> have they announced who's going to be on Hard Knocks this year? I have no idea. Did we watch it last year? I don't remember watching it. Who was on last year? I don't know. I don't think we did. Yeah, I think it was the Browns. Ugh. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, it'd be interesting. I wish they'd do it this year because, man, they have Browns have stacked up. They are looking like they're going to be competitive. Oh, that 30 years of rebuilding is really paying, <laughs> paying off. Finally paying off. Yeah, they, I, I don't think they've done the Hard Knocks team yet. I don't think uh, it's usually later in the year when they – a few of them, I think the Raiders and the Lions are on the list. There's like stipulations. Like you have to be bad the year before? I think so. I think it is not a playoff team previously. I mean, we could be in the running like every year. Oh, that's cruel. That's a low blow. <laughs> 49ers, the Giants. 49ers might be interesting. They're bringing in all these people. Yes. Oakland would be really. It wouldn't surprise me if Oakland did it because John Gruden loves the camera. Yeah. The rules for the hard knocks is that a team could be selected if it was in the playoffs either of the last two seasons. Oh, it can't be selected if it has a first year head coach. So that rules us out. Or if it has been on the program at any point in the last 10 years. Wow, I didn't know that. I could have swore the Ravens or the Cowboys had been on it a number of times. Huh, did not know that. So a team cannot be on hard knocks if it was in the playoffs either of the last two seasons, if it has a first-year head coach, or if it's been on hard knocks in the past 10 years. Wow. Wow. So we've got another how many years till we can be on it? Hopefully never. Hopefully we're in the playoffs every year. That's true. Starting this year. Thank you. Bruce Belichick's going to get us to the playoffs, man. <laughs> you know, here's here's a, everybody says we've got the talent, and I believe it. I believe it. We've got the talent, but they said the same thing when Lovey Smith came in. It was a playoff caliber team, right? They said the same thing when Shiano came in. It was a playoff caliber team, you know. And they said the same thing when Cutter came in. It's a playoff caliber team. So you know, when is our scoreboard going to reflect our talent? With Mike Evans on the team, it's you know I, I think he's the best. Receiver in the NFL, at least top three. Uh, you know, him and Julio Jones. I would. Yeah, I. I, maybe... I think it's the old guard and the new guard. I think Julio. You know, he's on the downward. I don't know. I haven't seen a slip in his a, game at all. I'm not saying a slip, but just like age wise. Okay. Okay. You know, he's an older veteran. The thing he's got against that makes him better than Evans in the category is his physicality, his blocking. Julio Jones is just a monster out there blocking. And he takes people off their feet. He decreases guys. He's huge. He is very physical. It's going to be interesting with these new rules, with the new replay rules. Did you see when they were interviewing Mike Evans on the podium at, yeah. uh, at the press conference? They brought that up. He just kind of smiled. He was like, uh, we'll see. But they only get two challenges. So. Yeah, yeah, he was all excited about that. Right. Oh, two challenges? Okay, okay, okay we, we got, got this. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's going to be hard for Mike Evans and Julio Jones and these physical receivers that, you know, they push off and they, yeah. you know, they, they basically tackle their quarterbacks out there. And, and the they make it look like they're being held or interfered with when really. Yes, Mike Evans is very good yeah. at that. He's, He'll get his arm tangled up on purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got that talent, you know, and we've got Levante David. We've got, I would say Gerald McCoy, but I don't know if we're going to have him. Uh, we've got JPP. We've got Vita Bea, who I'm telling you, that guy is, he, he's going to be elite. You know, if, if something bad doesn't happen, he's going to be the best player on our defense for a long time to come. 
If we can keep him after his rookie contract is over. Well, at least up until his rookie contract. he, Because I, I tell you, I watched just watching him on tape the last half of last season, he was dominating people. You couldn't stop him. One man cannot stop him. And two have a hard time. So in, Like the Dallas Cowboys game, he single-handedly kept us in that game defensively. In a 3-4, he'll be the nose tackle. Yes, he'll be lining right up over the center. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Yep. So they're right For the most part. I mean, you know, that's going to be the base defense. Okay. Him lining up right over the center, which is going to scare the crap out of every center that we have to face. And, and that might be you pointed that out, that, you know, everybody in our division has stocked up on their centers. Yeah. Except uh, Unger left the Saints. Right. But they got that new center. Who was that? Yeah, they're not. Our division is not playing around with centers because I think they are they saw Vita Vey and they were like, uh-oh. We got to start preparing for this guy. He's just a bulldozer. He was, man. Whew. Incredible. Incredible there. Don't make him angry. But still, our best team, talent wise, was the 2010 Buccaneers. Good Lord, you look at that team now. We had like Garrett Blunt, Josh Freeman, Mike Williams. Well, you know, not that he was anything special. Uh, Vincent Jackson. Did we have Vincent Jackson in 2010? No, we didn't get him until Oceano came. Okay. Did we had a keep to leave the other Jackson? Tenard Jackson. Yeah, we, we we had a very very talented Did team. Did you say Michael Bennett? Michael Bennett. I know there's some others. Donald in there. Penn. Yeah, Donald. Ugh. Yeah, we we had Doug Martin. No. No, Shiano drafted. Okay, it was a uh, who was it? Was it Michael? No, it wasn't. Because Legarrette Blunt started off as the second string running back. Right, we Cadillac Williams. Was it Cadillac Williams? I think it was. Anyhow, we had a very talented team, and we were busting butt until that damn flight to London to play Chicago in 2011. One of these days, somebody's going to find out what happened there, and they're going to let me know. So I have never seen a team implode like that. You mentioned, or I mentioned Cadillac Williams. The other day, I was looking on the Buccaneers shop on Buccaneers.com, and looking at their jerseys, they have so many old jerseys, like Cadillac Williams, Danny Lanzana, like all oh. these people. Yeah. I wouldn't mind having a Lanzana jersey. But they're full price. No. Like $100 for these jerseys for people who haven't been on the team in five, six, seven years. I think they probably still have Josh Freeman jerseys. I didn't see any of those. They did have Darrell Rivas. Well, I'm going to chalk that up to corporate greed. Maybe. <laughs> they should half price that mess. At I know. Uh, they did half price Ryan Fitzpatrick's jersey. Oh. Yeah. But look, they got Ryan Griffin on there. A hundred bucks for Ryan Griffin. Who jersey. is going to spend a hundred bucks on a backup quarterback jersey to a guy that's never thrown an NFL pass? If you've done that, send, shoot me an email. Hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> I want to know who you are. That would just be fascinating. Like why? Well, his mom probably bought one. Yes, absolutely. Maybe they do do it for the. The family. The family. You just print up a handful of them. Right. Send them to the family. Put them on the shop. That's embarrassing. Who puts their second string quarter, their backup quarterback jerseys on there? There were so many. Like, go look. You have to go look. Well, and I was looking in the women's section, so maybe they don't sell as many women's jerseys to get rid of all these. Yeah, she sent me a bunch of shoes she wants from the site. Buccaneer shoes. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's cool. I, I remember 10, 15 years ago, they have no women's clothing. Yeah. Or, NFL. Oh, yeah, they got a whole line. They got all kinds oh, of yeah. They have bathing suits, underwear, yeah, purses. Awesome. They have a Dooney and Burke purse, like designer purse with Buccaneers logos on them. 
And it was cool. They were like $200, though. It's yeah. Who's going to pay 200 bucks for a bag? It's not a lot of people, would. actually. Players' wives probably would. <laughs> True. If you got the money, rock it. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for us. We will have uh, another podcast out Monday. If you want to get in contact with us, the best way to reach us is to follow us on Twitter. Shoot us a DM or whatever. Our handle is at Bucks underscore Observer. Until next time. Go Bucks!